Welcome to the His and Hers Playlist Podcast. Here's your host. Hey everybody, welcome to the His and Hers Playlist Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Sarah. And welcome to season two of the Playlist Podcast. We are about to dive into all things music. So come on, let's go. Let's go. So welcome back, everybody out there in the podcasting world in, I guess, in the actual world. How's everyone doing in 2023? How are you, Sarah? I'm doing well. I made it past 2022, and that's the most any gal can hope for at this point. I know, right? <laughs> it <laughs> was kicking real. and screaming a bloody terror mess, but at least we've made it through to the new year. You know, and we're doing it with class. We're doing it with class and good music. We're doing <laughs> music gets us through. <laughs> um, it's funny. We had a little bit of a mix up in our pre-production meeting for our first episode, but it's it's kind of come up awesome. So we're doing favorite record for our first outing on the His and Hers playlist podcast. And I thought it was album of all time. Which and is I, really, really hard to nail down. So it took me like forever. Yeah. And Sarah thought. <laughs> I thought it was favorite album of 2022, which I guess this mix up is more kind sense. of beautiful. It makes more sense. But I think it's kind of beautiful because I will preface this album that I will present to you guys in a second um, is probably one of I, I'm going to take a leap here and say it's probably one of the greatest albums of all time made but definitely was my earworm in 2022 and Luke you were out in the trenches trying to find your favorite of all time I really was I I was like (laughs) man all time I have to figure this out so I've been like racking my brain Mm -hmm. I've been working on these audiobooks and just like the whole time sitting there thinking about like okay what is the best album of all time is it the most influential to me Mm-hmm. Do I think it's the most important album for like the world and music? Like I was trying to figure out like what best album actually meant. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think you have a pretty good choice though. Listening to it, I think you, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Yeah, I kind of chose like the Michael Jackson of folk music. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, you know, if you get past the problematic, he is one of, I, I love his, you know, his songwriting is still amazing. So yeah. before we fully dive in, the His and Hers playlist podcast is now on the Nagano Press Studios podcast network. And we are starting a Patreon, guys. So everybody out there, definitely stay tuned for that. Again, please share. Please find us on all our socials and all that. So without further ado, let's dive into our first episode of the Playlist Podcast coming back. I think, Sarah, for this inaugural voyage of our first episode, you should jump in and talk about the first record. Yes, I will captain the shit. Um, Hello, guys. Well, yes. my favorite It's so album. good to hear your voice. I just wanted to say that too, doing this. It's, it's so much fun. I just have such a good time. You're like one of the, my favorite people on the planet. So to finally be doing this again is so fun. Well, to get to do this again is something that we do pretty much regular anyway you know if we're if we're chatting we're chatting about music which ultimately if you're talking about music you're talking about life you're talking about the context in which you're listening to that music and you know I think it's I think it's also 
I do this podcast kind of selfishly to know what's going on in your brain as a friend. So I yeah. I love being I love that. here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to get back on it. But yeah, so my favorite album in my mind of 2022, really of all time, would have to be dun, 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 Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane. It's such a good record. Oh my it God. Is, it is wild. It's it's such a through album, especially someone coming from classical music. I have a classical music mm. background. I studied no. libretti and, you know, orchestral music and, you know, big monumental opuses. Opuses? I don't know if that's plural or no, not. Someone that, that tell makes me. Sense. I think opuses. <laughs> I think opuses. Yeah, yeah someone yeah. tell me. Studying that and getting an album put out in 2022 by someone so young that's so thought-provoking as well as thoughtful. This album and in the in and of itself is meant yeah. to be listened to in chronological order. I think I texted Luke just saying in all caps, chronological. <laughs> you did. Yeah, you were like, just um, start to finish, start to finish. Mm-hmm. And basically, she wrote this, I believe, in 20, through probably 2018, all the way up until release. Fun fact Ethel Kane is a pseudonym. The artist herself is named Hayden, and she recorded this entire album by herself in a no house shit. in Alabama. Holy um, hell. I did in- not know that. Truly incredible. I don't know if she did the mixing and mastering, but I know she did gotcha. all of the writing, the producing, the layering, the vocals, everything like that. Before I kind of jump into, you know, track by track analysis, I'll give you a little bit of the story. Fun fact for anyone listening in, if you go on to Genius Lyrics, um, she actually wrote the story to each track at the bottom of each page. So you'll be able to follow along while you listen. So this is very intentional. Everything that she's writing is very intentional. The flow of the flow of the songs. It's a through lyric melody. So you have a lot of references and echoes of songs back and forth. Um, So you really start with Family Tree and you go all the way through to Strangers and it is a big it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So sit, enjoy headphones and stereo on anything you can do. Even sitting in your car listening to this album driving i did a big road trip this summer i Mm. i think you remember luke we stopped by yes i do most definitely uh this was the album that i had to have on at all times um and that made me question my identity as a normie as my partner (laughs) likes to say (laughs) Um, i love that yeah but so okay so here's kind of the through story like the summary of everything this is what she has written at the beginning under the family tree um, intro. It says, over 13 tracks, we learn the story of Ethel Kane. Set in 1991, the album details the character's troubled relationship with religion. Her old flame, Isaiah is his name, technically. Okay. Her father, the titular preacher, mm-hmm. and her eventual kidnapping and murder. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I get, I'm hoping that this is a surprise to you, Luke, because there is a whole story I'm about to go into 
to about that. Please hit me. Yeah. So basically, Family Tree starts off. You have the intro. It's kind of like this lull into this world, right? This very specific yeah. world, too. I mean, think like True Detective Season 1 energy. Like Totally. Oh, my yeah, God. Right? Yeah. Right? Like exactly. Boonies, boonies out in Alabama, you know, like... I think, like, anyone that's experienced, you know, like, being in a rural community at any point in their lives, whether that's through family members or themselves, they know that there's something, like, thick in the air around there. Like, oh, hot, 100%. Yeah, like, hot summer days, you know, like, dirty fingernails, walking barefoot, like, scrapes on your knees, And I think we've all been there in a rural town or something like that that just feels creepy as all hell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, like, rather familiar. So it's almost creepier when things are a little too perfect. Like, oh, totally. You know, like coming out. It's like almost like you know it, but it's different. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Like, it's it's like too off. It's just too off. Mm -hmm. It's like, I should know this more. It should be more familiar to me, but it's not right that's fucking freaky right so this is that's kind of like the energy that she's bringing into this and so you have family tree kind of laying out like the thematic and melodical uh, elements to this like grand piece and then you have american teenager which is such a switch up right it's like yeah seriously nostalgia it invokes you know, so many like emotions that adults or just, you know, like older kids have had in the past. It it gives, you know, running through the grass, through the sprinklers when you're not supposed to be on your high school's property mm, lawn in that. the summertime, yeah. you know, totally. riding your bike. I mean, there's even a, like a a really cool visual to this. She recorded on, a, I think, just an antique or not antique. I'm antique if I say that. But um, <laughs> like you know, You're like a antique. like a, an actual tape recording video camera that she made in this pro- like you know beat up little cheerleaders uniform. And fun fact about this song in particular, which I think is wild, it was on Barack Obama's like song list recommendations. No shit. Yeah, for 2022. And I think you know, I hope that he's listened to the entire album but I think it's so funny and speaks to the reflection of like what that song could be whereas Mm. you know like to anyone listening that isn't like understanding that it's a part of a bigger structure or just doesn't know that it's a part of a bigger structure they'd be like yes like it's nostalgia it's first love it's heartbreak it's standing up for yourself to the man for the first time you know but if you if you're if you watch the visuals and you you sit down with the lyrics and you take time to understand the context of what it is you really get the fact that this is kind of a a like a farce or um like a spoof mm. on what Ooh, pe- on the that. idealism of what teenagehood is you oh, know totally completely i mean do you think that's a to not to go too far down a, a like a completely different tangent? But do you believe that the art of the album is gone? Do you because in in this world of playlists, we're on a playlist podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a little bit of an art that is lost with like 
the perfect and meticulous placement of songs. Does that make any sense? Yeah, definitely. I think I think in general, yes. I think I miss mm. that, especially coming from the background that I have. You know, I kind of teeter on this in this space of being a millennial and a Gen Z, right? I'm right at that cusp. And so you have people who were born really like 1996 and under having access to LimeWire and iTunes and making their own playlists all the time and they're, and having liked songs, which essentially curates a playlist for you, right? Even in Spotify, yeah. you see mm-hmm. that and it's kind of, it, but it's also in and of itself really beautiful because it kind of gives you splices, moment, you know, of emotions. Moments in time, Moments right? in yeah, time. Yeah. And I know not everybody listens to that. I heard something the other day that says only about 25% of listeners of music are emotions actually evoked. Like only 25% wow. of people Whoa. viscerally feel something when they listen Holy to music. Holy shit. Okay. Which I think might be a gross understatement, but I do know of people that do only listen to music and as kind of like background noise. So I think for me as an audiophile, yes, I love a story. I think it has declined, but you also see artists like Beyonce, you see mm-hmm. other artists like of her caliber making these albums that aren't necessarily meant to be listened to chronologically but that do present kind of an idea as a whole whereas Mm. um, I think the intention now for a lot of pop artists is to create a good body of work but one that can permeate different spaces you have TikTok, you have commercials you have movies and sync licensing, you have um, like Instagram reels sometimes it's based on even the, the music video that's attached so I think oh, yeah. I think it has gone through like an evolution of there's it's more about the singles for sure yeah, um, for more sure. about the plays more about getting into people's placements. heads placements yeah. because ultimately that's where artists are making their money right now you know yeah, how to 100%. survive as an artist is getting your music placed somewhere getting a lot of plays or eventually um, you know, playing live, but to play live, oh, especially yeah. to headline right now, it's really hard. Even oh, artists, impossible. yeah, artists that I I've been listening to for a while are still kind of supporting acts on these big, these big arena. Dude, I tours. saw Julian Casablancas supporting someone like yeah. Beach House or something. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's like way bigger than that. I agree. It's it's so it's interesting, but I think because there is a difference now in the way that records are made, and also the way that artists are thinking about making, you know, like records and albums as a whole, it yeah. helps pick out the ones that do have those through stories. So mm, I think it works in its favor. That's deep. It shines. Yeah. It shines um, spotlights on things that maybe would have been the norm starting in like or ending really in like 1995 i think you're right it's it's a lost art do you know who actually i thought did it pretty well in 2020 uh 2022 whatever year that was last year (laughs) i thought harry styles with harry's house Mm -hmm. again i'm not a pop guy i listened 
through it once. I always try to give it a listen for the audio engineering aspect of it all. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was a really complete record for a pop record and, and felt like it was very, very thought through. Everything from the... You know, the placement of the songs to the naming of the tunes to Mm -hmm. how they came out to the singles and how the singles came out and how it all revolved around the tour that he was doing. I thought it was really, really well done. I mean, I know it probably wasn't just him. His team at Geffen or whatever the fuck he's on, but (laughs) did a really, really good job. But I just thought that, you know, it's still there, but Mm -hmm. I just think it's a lot less than what we see, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. I think I think you have artists like definitely Harry Styles. I think I think it kind of separates out the the showman from the writers. Right. Mm, Um, And then sometimes you have a mixture of both. Like you have the 1975. I don't know if you've heard or seen of their new tour they come up on my instagram all the time they're they're everywhere they're you know like they're on level they're selling out o2 they're selling out all you know msg they're on kind of rolling stones level at this point with like longevity of followers you know people acquiring their discography and i i think that they've done a really 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 good job of pairing Mm. story lyricism with you know, visuals with, you know, like making everything kind of cohesive and copacetic. So you have a lot of spread. And I think having a lot of that variety makes it feel like these albums, like Preacher's Daughter, are are really special pieces of the musical pie. And they feel very like sacred and coveted. So it's nice to be in on that secret a little bit. Yeah, it's so great. I mean, I love that about artists. I, I love... When they make it like an inside joke, you know, Mm -hmm. when they actually give the true fans of who's, you know, all of us who are going to like, we're both in the music industry and Mm -hmm. and sort of in this world, we know about like calls to action, right? You want fans, the fans that are going to go out and tell other people to listen to you. Those are the hardest fans to get, right? You can get the fans who are like, oh, I'm going to listen. Oh, you know, I might take a drive by on your music or do something like that. But the fans that every record label, every band wants are the people to go out and do the call to actions, do the Mm -hmm. signaling for the band, doing things like that. And when artists make it feel like you're a part of the inside joke, like you know what's going on, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's a relationship that an artist has with the people who love them and the people who it means something to. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that like, you know, those are the subtle things that music, especially, I mean, actors and other things and directors of films do this a lot with Easter eggs, but to have that like give and take relationship with the people who consume your art is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I think, you know, it will carry a career through a lot longer when you are able to understand the people consuming your art, right? Mm, Because when you put out art, when you put out music, ultimately then you give it, you give everyone free reign to reinterpret, to reassign meaning, to 
um, evolve a relationship with it that is not yours. And I think mm. a really good sign of an artist is a, is creating a piece of art that allows for all of that from the jump. And that's why I really like this album in particular, because you could take it apart piece by piece and bit by bit and enjoy mm. the song just as what it's worth. But I think if you also have the time and the <laughs> emotional space <laughs> to yeah. listen to this, it can really take you on a journey yeah emotional space is a huge huge get Uh, that's totally i couldn't put my my finger on it i was like what does this album need you need to have an emotional space to listen to ethel she comes at you in this way that like i i was reading about the record and one of my favorite sort of websites the album of the year.org mm-hmm. they do every single year they did preacher's daughter and what they called it was a a portrait of a lady on fire was one of the words in there which i thought was unbelievable yeah that's a, that's a french film a french sapphic film for all my fellow queers Ooh, out there it's really nice i love that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that yeah it, it really is so it feels to me that ethel this character and this artist is screaming into the void and so you must be open to your own void for it to really hit you Mm, know she's screaming into your void really yeah i really love she raises a picture of heaven and hell Mm -hmm. in this southern gothic style Mm -hmm. does that make any sense it's like oh yeah she she paints you a picture of her not whatever the world's view mm-hmm. of heaven and hell is or whatever that is she paints the picture of her yeah well view so, of it all which so, is so cool to me which is such a, a an interesting perspective you know what i mean yeah it 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 reminds me of two things two things i can respond to that one is there's this quote i think it's from like a sofia coppola movie and tell me anybody if you know exactly what this quote is from but it's like hell is a teenage girl right Ooh. I love that. Or, you know, you have Hell as a Teenage Girl. And then, you know, you also see with this writing the definition of heaven and hell through the eyes of somebody that has been tricked. So you Mm. have American Teenager and then that leads into a house in Nebraska, which is just such a gut punch that. Oh, my God. Right. Epic. Um, You know, it just it sits there and describes this first love, the reason that they are together, the reason that they separated, the reason that this person, Isaiah, assigned to, you know, doesn't come home anymore. And there's a beautiful recording of this in a church in the middle of a, like, I think it looks like a Southern Baptist church from my Yeah, own. it does. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's stunning. And so you have that, and then it goes into Western Nights and Family Tree, and Family Tree really talks about the impact of growing up in a family where you are not allowed to your being part of a whole is greater than you being a part you know Mm, and i think what this character is trying to maintain is independence and Mm. what is always being pulled back from is the acknowledgement of that individualism throughout that and anybody who's Mm. grown up in you know deep south christianity or yeah you know just 
highly religious households, whether it be, you know, a really positive experience or a negative, there really is a, you know, an emphasis on being a part of a grander design. And so mm. you see that conflict through there. And then you have... Yeah. You get all the way, you have hard times, thoroughfare, and then you get to Gibson Girl. And Gibson Girl is really where things start to shift, right? Gibson Girl mm. comes into the story, again, as narrated by artist Ethel Kane and Genius Lyrics, where she has been this kidnapped. This is the first single off the record, mm -hmm. too, by the way. She has been kidnapped and sold into sex work and Ooh, wow. it is kind of like this siren song and also you know it's also the the character's way of making fun of these men that mm. come to her in the middle of the night and also the man that sold her into sex work this person mm, that Jesus. she sings a house in nebraska about and how oh, wow. and and i think that speaks too on the on the complexity of how you can experience another person someone who you feel really carely you know care cares and loves you and can can help you escape from a reality that you no longer mm. want can also push you into a reality you don't want mm. you know very quickly and very easily and almost without notice if you don't look carefully so you have gibson girl and then really the the climax is ptolemaea which is when ethel kane the character is murdered by isaiah oh wow um who has sold her into sex work and jesus she it is to reflect one of you're supposed to experience that and it's it's very visceral it's not for the faint of heart it's very loud so check your speaker settings if you listen <laughs> to it but it's beautiful and it's the fact that this artist has created this like sitting in a bedroom or you know yeah. a room surrounded by people or alone with this thought process is pretty impressive so you have Ptolemaea yeah to make a big record like this I mm -hmm. mean it's As amazing a record too yeah it's amazing to be that vulnerable to write about really really hard things with that much you know with that much money on the line with so many people working on it because once you get to that point like yeah you might have written all these with maybe it looks like i'm looking at she had two co-writers on only three songs mm -hmm. but she did everything else you know to get to this point where you're doing a huge record like this you gotta really be vulnerable in mm -hmm. huge rooms and these are not small songs there like no. house of nebraska is seven minutes and 46 seconds like right. um thoroughfares nine minutes and 28 seconds like these are not small songs no these are these are not small songs and i think it also speaks to and then after that you have to me, the the darkest track, which is August Underground, which is actually named after an old snuff film, August oh, Underground. Right. Yeah, that that she found that a lot of people know about. I Ooh. didn't know about, but this is I have no idea. This is describing an old snuff film made. You know, if we don't know what that is, don't Google it. Just know it's bad. <laughs> yeah, just you don't want to know. It's it's horrible. So, yeah. So it's basically and then you get all the way to Sunbleach 
flies which is kind of like her speaking into her like after that was my favorite song yeah it's it's her past the point of death and i thought it was really 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 beautiful you know, going back to those early moments of just watching a windowsill as a kid and mm, you know deep. unknowingly questioning what your future has to hold and yeah then it ends with strangers and so this album in particular is just one that is truly a journey it's truly a piece of art yeah. it's something that could be written into so many different mediums whether that's film whether that's yeah. you know play whether that's an opera whether that's anything it's it's really really powerful and you know even though it's quite heavy i think this impact really made it my favorite album of 2022 or just in in general at least one of my top fives of all time first off i wanted to say thank you for bringing me this record to my attention i thought it was beautiful yeah listening to this record for me was when you're driving in the country and you see a cornfield and you're sort of looking sideways at the cornfield and so it looks all jagged Mm -hmm. and everything's messed up and then you turn a little bit more and it's all in perfect rows And it all lines up for you, you know? That's what this felt like to me. There was so much of reading between the lines that once you sat with the record and, you know, put on these epic, epic songs. I mean, Western Nights is six minutes. But Mm -hmm. when you... House in Nebraska, seven minutes. Sun Bleach Flies, seven minutes. Thoroughfare, nine minutes. Family Trees, seven minutes. You sit with these songs and you sit with the stories that they're trying to tell. And to now know that it's a trans person and to know that they're inspired by Christian music and inspired by the place that they live in Tallahassee, but are a different person. And you can really tell... And hear in their music the pull and push of that sort of upbringing and life. I think everybody I met who lived in the Bible Belt has that push-pull inside of them Mm -hmm. of like, you love the South, yeah, but, or, you know, you always feel like you have to preface yourself or you feel like you have to like defend the South. There's always Mm -hmm. two things. It's like, you got to defend the South or you got to like put it down. Because because you don't want to be like associated with it. You know what I mean? Or like you're really proud of it. And so there's there's like it's so polarizing. It is. It's polarizing and it's internally polarizing. And I think also it's like it can it can transcend, you know, the way that it touches me is because I know the underlying societal expectations of growing up in a smaller town in more of a traditionally occupied religious south and i think um but this could this could also be for people that grow up with with lots of different issues i think this Mm. is also for people that have left home and, and you know gone to a big city or a different city and have one expectation of what that looks like and then it completely crumbles and you start to rebuild you know it's just it's really this homage to the idea of death and rebirth and what happens within that because you know like energy really can't be created or destroyed that's a fact and so where does that energy go and I love how she carries all of the different faces that that transformation holds. You know, it's not all beautiful. It's really messy. And sometimes it's really sad and sometimes it's dangerous. And I don't know. I'm just, Ethel, if you're listening, I'm a huge fan. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, Ethel, come on our show. We will right. interview you. Please. They 100%. call her Mother please, Kane. Please, please, please. Yeah, they call her Mother Kane. Mother Kane, please. I love Happy it. Mother's Mother Day. Kane, please. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Come to our studio and we will interview you. We love please. you, music. I think that you're 100% right. I mean, it's this album, especially in this day and age of shorter songs, shorter songs, you know, like make it sound bites, make everything consumable on TikTok or consumed very, very quickly to have someone have a outlook of like, hey, I want to do something that takes a minute, that takes some time to digest, that takes some time to, you know, sit with and be with, mm-hmm. I think is a really, really beautiful thing. I don't think it it should be overlooked with the time and energy and effort that it takes to make something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I love something that'll bring me to my knees, you know, and yeah, that, is, totally. that is this for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely felt like, yeah. So when you were talking about earlier about like the 25% of people who who deal with music and on an emotional level, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's and and coming from audio nerds like us, we're like, how can you not listen to music and not cry or, mm-hmm. or feel emotion or do do any of those things. But I could totally see that being, you know, like, so I watch some movies where people are like, Oh, my God, you don't understand the existentialism of <laughs> whatever is going on. I'm like, dude, I just it's 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 a movie to me but like but to have intention with art I think is so cool to have a way that not necessarily that you want art to be made but how you want it to be consumed and I think that Ethel did such a really really honest job about putting it all together and an honest job about like who she is and and what this album is to her and to her fans and to to people who respect and love what she's trying to do so i really really want to say thank you for bringing this to my attention yeah and um i'm so glad we're bringing it to so many other people's attention i talk about it all the time so you know now i have to i have to bring it to whoever is willing to listen i will always bring i love it yeah so i think this was such a great episode that we are going to tease my album for the next episode. That sounds awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our debut album of our second season. Thank you so much. Again, Ethel Kane's album. Go check it out or be in our socials. If we have any corrections, any comments by anyone, please hit us up at Luke, L-U-K-E, at Nagano, that's N-G-A-N-O, press.com. Hit me up there for questions, comments, concerns. Find us both on socials at Luke Fisher or Filet O Fisher. It's at Saracita with three A's. You'll see me. Um, yeah, add us on social. Feel free to follow. Uh, if you love to nerd out about music or shoot the shit, you're in the right space. Take a seat and get comfy. Bring your favorite bevy. We will have all of the playlists up on Spotify and Apple Music when the episode comes out. So thank you so much, guys. Again, this is the His and Hers Playlist Podcast. I'm Luke Fisher. I'm Sarah Marquis. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.